0: to Psalm 19. And let me ask you a question as you turn there. When did you first believe in God? What happened at your conversion when you, for the first time, confessed Jesus is Lord, and you believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? When were your eyes opened to your sin and you had that realization, I need a Savior? This is what I believe Psalm 19 is talking about. King David, the ideal Israelite, is writing to him for God's people so that they might sing of how God has revealed himself to them. This is a psalm that recognizes God's self-revelation of himself to his people. And we are called to believe. Before we do that, let's begin with prayer. Father, I come before you, weak and unable by your spirit may you bless your people through the reading and the preaching of your word nothing i can say can change their hearts it is an act of your spirit that turns hearts of stone into hearts of flesh that opens eyes and ears Lord, we ask for you to work supernaturally among us this morning. Lord, we ask you to protect Sidney Wickens as she's in the hospital. We pray for Kim and Matt, for those caring for her. Lord, may they find a solution to her headaches. Lord, we are so overjoyed we saw Peggy Bauer this morning. We pray that you continue to strengthen her. Lord, we continually pray for Dr. Lynch and Claire Reddit that you heal them. Lord, we pray for our marriages. May they be glorifying to you. And Lord, we ask you to draw near to our widows and widowers. to those whose marriages have been broken. May all of us find our rest and our hope in you. We pray for our children and our students, whether at homeschool or Fayette Academy or Fayette County Public Schools. Lord, you said, let the little children come because you honored and loved them. May everyone who teaches or disciples or even disciplines love these children as they are image bearers of you. Lord, we pray for the churches in our community. May they stand fast for the gospel. May they proclaim Jesus as our only Savior. We pray for our sister church, Trinity Church in Collierville, and the work that you are doing in planting her. We lift up Hunter. May you use him as an instrument for the expansion of the kingdom of God. Lord, we pray for the upcoming elections. We pray for those that are already serving in office. Lord, you have appointed them. Lord, may they represent you well by seeking justice and mercy, by loving their neighbor as themselves. May they be guided by your word. May you open up their eyes to see the meek and the lowly. Lord, we lift up Alan and Anne Cochet as they serve in France. May we be, as a church that supports them, be a church that not only supports them financially, but through prayer and encouragement. May we give them great hope of the work that they're doing and finding new pastors to plant churches in their own country. You are doing great things. And Lord, may we pray as you taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Baby gender reveal parties. They're the new craze. Well, I say new craze, but we had one almost 10 years ago, so they're not really new. But they seem new. What a great way to celebrate an upcoming birth of a child. You see, you go to these parties and the parents and no one else knows except one person what the gender of the baby is going to be. And that one person has taken blue or pink confetti and put it in the popper, or blue and pink dye and put it in the cupcakes or the cake, or blue or pink balloons in a box. So you open it up and everyone's excited to see the gender of this new baby that is coming. Some people don't like gender reveal parties. They're a waste of money. The old timers say, well, we just found out at the birth that was a gender reveal party that we had. Nowadays, The first child definitely gets one. The second child, maybe. No way the third child gets one. Sorry, Calvin. You get hand-me-downs. But a reveal party celebrating something that was not known by everybody, and everyone finds out at the same time. This is what David is doing in Psalm 19. We are reading the king of Israel as he writes this reveal party of who the creator and redeemer of the world is. It's Yahweh. And I want us to look at this text, and I want us to see three things. And I think they're nicely structured in this text by itself. I want us to see that God has revealed himself in creation. That God has revealed himself in covenant. And for the sake of alliteration, God has revealed himself To the castaway. God has revealed himself in creation, in covenant, and to the castaway. One of my pet peeves as a minister of the word and sacrament is when people misuse scripture. You've heard me say it once, you'll hear me say it as long as I'm in this pulpit. Context is king. When you read scripture, if you don't understand the context of the verse, of the paragraph, of the chapter, of the book, you cannot properly apply the verse, the paragraph, the chapter, or the book. Because context is keen. We must understand that scripture must be used properly. We cannot get it to mean whatever we want it to mean. The most misused verse and all of Scripture today is Philippians 4.13. It is written in every Christian gymnasium or football field across the globe. And I'll take a step back. This is about the time that every time I talk about this with students, they start to look at the ground because they know what's coming. But in that context, Paul is speaking about rejoicing because he is going through a tough time of proclaiming the gospel. He has met real heartache, and the church at Philippi is meeting the needs that he has. That is why Paul says, I can do all three things through, through him who gives me strength to preach the gospel, because it's hard. And as we read that, we can say as Christians, Christ does give us strength to preach the gospel in all circumstances. And as the church, we can say, like Philippi, we can encourage and strengthen those who preach the gospel. If you've misused text of Scripture before, it's okay. But we must understand we cannot take and handle Scripture lightly. It is very important. We are unable to make it mean or say whatever we want. It must be true to the context it was written. Now, if you're on social media, and I'm speaking to everyone over 20, because the first thing I learned when I moved here is that if you're on Facebook, you're old. So, no teenagers, I'm sorry, your social media doesn't do this. But if you're on Facebook or Instagram or social media of the sort, you have seen the picture of the sunset or of the moon coming through the clouds or of the mountain rage or of the cotton fields. And you have seen the caption, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaim its handiwork. Maybe you've posted that before. Great job. You are using that text in context because the heavens do. Declare the glory of God. The skies do show us the handiwork of our creator. This is how we properly use scripture. This is how God has revealed Himself. And look at the personification that this creation, that the creation takes in speaking of this creator. The heavens declare, the skies proclaim, the days pour out speech. They have voices. They use words. The heavens metaphorically are proclaiming the majesty, deity, and glory of the God that created him by the word of his power. That is why Paul can say in Romans 1, we know that it is plain that God has revealed himself, that he has shown his attributes, namely his eternal power and his divine nature." In creation, God supernaturally worked by the power of his word and is telling everyone about himself. Everyone has heard it. There is no speech, there is no word that everyone has not heard. As sure as the sun comes up in the east, makes its course, sets in the west, as sure as we feel its heat, God has declared to us his glory. He has revealed himself to all humanity in all of time. What these verses describe is what systematic theologians call general revelation. God has revealed himself in a general way to his entire creation. He has made himself known to the ends of the earth. But what we also see is that general revelation isn't enough. That God's creation does not speak of God as Redeemer. But we're thankful because David is not done with his song. Because we see God has revealed himself in creation and God has revealed himself also in covenant. And that's where we come to in verses 7 through 10. We see that God has revealed himself in a special way to his covenant people. Through covenant, God has bound himself to his people, unlike the peoples of all the earth. If you want to see a good example of that, read Genesis 15. And last year, as I walked with our students through the book of Exodus what I love about the Scripture is that it takes this general revelation and it shows God uses it in a special way to reveal himself to his people. Think about Jesus and his miracles. Jesus used the works of creation to reveal his true identity as God. And yet here in, well, in Exodus 19, God is meeting with his people on Mount Sinai And he has brought them out of Egypt. And as he's preparing to bind himself to them through a covenant, I don't want you to turn there. I want you to just imagine this happening. Imagine if God did this before you. This is Exodus 19, 16 through 20. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and very loud trumpet blasts so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they, took their, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire, and the smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly, and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, and Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. God is using a general way to speak to his people in a special way. God is revealing himself through covenant. And this is where David says, The book of the covenant, the law, the Torah, is perfect. It revives the soul. It's the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. This word is clean. Things were placed in the temple because they were clean. The nouns all describe the Pentateuch, the law that God had given his people as a covenant book. They are a comprehensive term used for the will of God. This is God's will for his covenant people. And David tells us how to apply this truth of God's covenant word that he's given in verse 10. More to be desired than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. God's word should be more valuable to us as his covenant document to his people than all the money in the world because it is how God reveals himself to his people as their covenant God who loves them and is faithful to them. Both Old and New Testament, God has provided a means by which they can know their God who has saved them. Without this, there is no knowledge of God's redemption. Without this, there is no knowledge of the good news of Jesus Christ. Without this, there is no hope for salvation. Because this tells us the story of our covenant God. And this is special revelation. His covenant document for his people should be more valuable to us than anything else, because in this we find Jesus.